I think Boston is the best city for anybody to study. It's, it has an amazing number of universities, large, small, extremely competitive ones like Harvard and MIT. Welcome to a new episode of Most Memorable Journeys. My guest today is a very busy man, but I really, really appreciate that he is spending time with me. I'm not going to say anything else about him at the moment, apart from that he is the mayor of Nicosia. And then we will find out everything else about him during the talk. Kostandinos Yorgachis, welcome to Most Memorable Journeys. It's wonderful to be with you, Elizabeth. Oh, thank you so much. We were just having a little chat before and we found out that I have been living next to your first cousin for the last 25 years. So, you know, it's we're really nearly family. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have. So you have been the mayor of Nicosia since, what did I see, 2013? Approximately 10 years. 10 years. A little bit more than 10 years because we got this extension. Okay. And um, Nicosia, for those people, because so far last time I checked the statistics, there are people from 91 countries listening to my podcast. So many, many people will not know that Nicosia is the last divided capital in the world, right? It's, uh, I mean, you need to be here to uh, realize this in actual terms, but it's a horrific sight. Uh, if you had been here with me right now, I'm at the uh, municipality office, which is very next to the buffer zone, to the green line that separates uh, the occupied territory to, to where we are right now. Uh, if you just look uh, north, uh, it's the divided line and you can see the occupied territory. You can see we live, I mean, uh, a street apart, basically. And this creates so many problems in managing and living in this area. And actually, Elizabeth, this is one of the reasons that um, we built uh, the new municipality offices right next to the buffer zone, because one of our strategic priorities is to incentivize people and businesses to come and either stay here or do their business here. And when asking everybody to come and re rejuvenate this area, we couldn't be absent. So we took the uh, difficult decision, uh, Mr. Lelos Dimitriadis, the ex-ex mayor of Nicosia, to build the offices here next to the uh, Green Line, but in the geographical center of Nicosia. At the same time, and speaking of division and the many difficulties it creates, we do cooperate with the leader of the Turkish Cypriot community of Nicosia, Mr. Mehmet Harmanjin, we have an amazing professional and personal relationship. And both are needed in order to solve everyday issues that arise because of the division. Wow. I was just going to ask, that was my quest. My next question. Are you in touch? Well, I mean, is he called the mayor of Nicosia as well? I mean, it, it, is he in a position of a mayor? I think uh, in the Turkish Cypriot community, they would call him the mayor 
of uh, Nicosia, but we address him as the leader of the Turkish Cypriot community of Nicosia. Okay, okay. This is also something that many people don't know because, you know, this thing about North Cyprus has come up in the recent years, but it is the occupied part of Cyprus. And um, yeah, I think some of the term minology is important when we uh, speak. That's why I addressed my friend Mehmed as the leader of the Turkish Cypriot community. Okay, that's yeah. sad. And, diplomatic, and, a diplomatic and the occupied territory instead of uh, North Cyprus. Okay, well, we'll talk about Nicosia a little bit later. I want to talk about you a little bit first, because um, you are a man of uh, interesting lineage. Your father, your birth father was a minister. He was assassinated when you were a little boy. Your stepfather was a president of the Republic of Cyprus. Your mother is a, an amazing lady who I admire. I have never actually met her, but she's the president of the Cyprus Red Cross. She is involved in the Levendis Foundation, which is primary focus is on the cultural heritage of Cyprus and Greece. So isn't that a heavy burden to carry, Constantinos, to be <laughs> a child of such important people? I love all of them, I love, love all of them and respect for uh, all of them for what they have achieved. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, um, I always felt that I had a blessed uh, and very good upbringing. One of the things that it taught me is to be my, myself uh, and to be independent. And although I understand the, uh, the, the responsibilities that the name carries with it or the history that it carries with it, at the same time, uh, I have uh, I have the clarity to understand that each person is its own person, and what we do with our lives it's it's our own. So my priority is to be focused, to be hardworking on what I choose to do, and to be result oriented. Specifically, trying to improve our city, Nicosia. So what I'm trying to say is yes, uh, having a name. Uh, at some instances, it creates benefits. It is also, in some other instances, a disadvantage, but I wouldn't like to go into that. I keep the, be the, the beneficial aspect of it, and I acknowledge it. But at the same time, uh, it, it may open a door. But once you're through that door, you need to work yourself to bring the results. Absolutely. I totally understand that. And I think many people would sort of uh, think that it's too easy for you and it's it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's actually, as you say, it may open a door, but then you still have to go through the door and do the work. Well, actually, we, uh, in choosing to become mayor of Nicosia, in my humble view, I chose one of the most difficult, if you call it political quotes in Cyprus. One, not the most, but one of the most difficult, where... Uh, you cannot hide failure, uh, and you cannot hide also good results. After very, very uh, long, I mean, a lot of long hours, hard work, a lot of people helping because it has been an amazing team effort, we managed to produce results that 10 years ago, I think nobody could have dreamed of in changing certain aspects of our city. I think that's the beauty of it. When you do work hard, but then you can also see it. You see that something has been done. 
going back a little bit to your uh, where you come from, you, your father comes from Balejori, which is one of the most beautiful, uh, really beautiful places in Cyprus. Do you have a connection to Balejori? Uh, I have two cousins that have houses and some relatives that have a house there. Uh, but other than that, no, with the exception, of course, of a small museum dedicated to my father. Okay. Now, when you were a little boy, because it's still, we're, t- we're in, in most memorable journeys. When was uh, your first flight? When did you go, get, go on a plane for the first time? It was before 1970. So uh, I was born in 1968 because I remember going to the uh, Nicosian airport. But, but I don't have specific memories, but I, I do remember traveling to the Nicosia airport and mm. the, the general picture of it. Uh, so it was before 1974. One of the first trips that I would remember would be summer holidays with uh, Tassos and my mother and all my brothers, uh, my brother and sisters, because every summer we used to uh, visit France, the birthplace of my uh, mother. And they would always take us to different places to see the various monuments and learn history, you know, history, art, etc., food. Oh, that's wonderful. And again, for our audience who don't know about uh, Nicosia Airport, Nicosia Airport has been closed since the Turkish invasion in 1974. And I do have a podcast episode with uh, Adamos Marneros, the last pilot who landed at uh, Nicosia Airport before it closed. Very sad, really, because normally the airport should be in the capital, shouldn't it? Correct. But uh, after 1970, it, it was in the capital, it's in the general area of Engomi and Ayos Medios. It's, uh, I, I have visited the area, um, when I say recently, I mean approximately uh, five years ago. And I've seen pictures of the building, which is quite small uh, if you compare it with airports today. But it's an amazingly modern, architecturally speaking, building. Uh, I think it's a beautiful building. And uh, now that I had a chance to to, to look at it uh, closely, I wish it didn't have the fate that it actually has. I think at the time it was actually one of the most modern airports mm. in the area. It's sad, but um, we have to make the best with what, what we have. You studied in Boston. Did you like Boston? Did you like, do you like the US? I think Boston is the best city for anybody to study. It's, it has an amazing number of universities, large, small, extremely competitive ones like Harvard and MIT. My university, Boston University, which I love. Uh, other smaller ones, music ones, you have the Berkeley School of Music. At the end of the day, there are thousands of students in a relatively small uh, city uh, compared to the size and number of universities. And everything together blends to create an amazing, amazing, uh, amazingly friendly atmosphere for students. I, I would strongly recommend everybody to try to somehow study in Boston. I love Boston. I used to be a tour guide when I was young and I used to travel around the U.S. It's also really the most European city in the U.S. in a way. It has this flair kind of... Uh, uh, I think, I don't know if it's European. You, I think you. it may resemble closer a European due to the red bricks of some of the buildings mm. that supposedly the, the ships used to carry 
I mean, the ships that used to export or take the T2 back to Europe, supposedly, I'm not certain this is correct or if it's an urban myth, supposedly that they couldn't come empty and they used to load them with bricks that uh, they then used to uh, build these uh, houses. But you need to check that because I'm not certain if it's just an urban myth that students used to exchange or discuss. It could easily be possible. I mean, I I used to talk about American history when I I had to entertain my people in the bus. I never heard that, but it's very well possible. And, you know, I mean, Boston is historically a very important place in the U.S. and the Boston Tea Party led to the fight for independence. So um, it is an important place. But we're not talking about Boston here. We're talking about Nicosia. So you came back to Nicosia when you finished studying. And I also read in your... CV or in your you worked in Romania. I worked in Romania for quite some time. Yeah, it was a wonderful experience. I I still have so many good friends uh, that that I met there. Not only Romanians, but I I used to work with a lot of Irish people as well uh, and different nationalities. Uh, people that I still keep in touch and I consider my friends. And today they 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 are either working in Japan. Uh, or New York, or Russia in Moscow, uh, or back in Ireland, and uh, I feel close to them. Because at that point, I believe we created a small family, very close, and I think that feeling has never left. I had a great time. I I, I lived in three different cities, Yash, which is north, uh, close to the Republic of Moldova. It's in Moldova, in Romanian Moldova, but it's neighboring the Republic of Moldova. I also lived in Timisoara and uh, Oradea. It was in the 90s, wasn't it? Ninety-five to two thousand. So it, it was quite shortly after, you know, that the, the Iron Curtain had fallen. So it wasn't yes. as modern as it is now. It must have been quite challenging sometimes to, you know, to get your supplies or I don't know what was it like. It was, as you said, it was challenging. But we were young and uh, we had lots of fun. Uh, one of the things, though, because I didn't have a chance to visit the Soviet. Union or countries that were uh, related to it, like Romania. A lot of people that were my age and they had uh, lived in that period of time, they would describe how their lives were. And it was for the first time that I realized uh, firsthand how difficult and how inhuman that, that, how inhuman life was under the Iron Curtain. And it's something that more people need to realize. Yeah, that is very, very true. Because as a tour guide, again, I actually traveled through the Soviet Union during the time of this, you know, in, in the in, in the 80s. Yeah, but Elizabeth, maybe when you were traveling while the, in the Soviet Union, although you would see what you would see and you would interpret that with your own um, uh, terms. In 94, 95, people that were my friends they would describe themselves without any fear anymore because there would be nobody looking upon them. Uh, They would describe how they actually lived and their experiences during the Soviet time or the Iron Curtain time or the communist time, whatever. 
And I remember we used to have local guides in all those countries and those local guides, they were afraid that we never exchanged anything personal because they were not allowed to say anything. I I could feel it, you know, and and we used to, anyway, other story. So you came back to Cyprus, you came to, back to Nicosia and you started. 2005. What did you do after that? I worked a little bit uh, at uh, the Lanitis company, the bottlers of Coca-Cola here in Nicosia. And, and then I tried to become mayor and I succeeded, yes. Wonderful. I think you're very, very nice and also a very friendly mayor because otherwise you wouldn't be speaking to me here because uh, sometimes it's not so easy to get people on these uh, podcasts. But it's also important for exposure. And I want to talk a little bit about somebody who doesn't know Nicosia, somebody who comes to Cyprus for the first time, because people tend to come to the beaches, obviously, you know, Cyprus. Yeah, that's, the, that's the majority. Yeah. Why should they come to Nicosia? Well, first of all, I think anywhere you go, uh, I, I try to do it. Uh, and if the distances allow, I think this is important. The distance from Larnaca or Prodaras or Limassol, it's an hour pretty much. Okay, it's a little bit longer from Pafos, I understand, but still, it's not far. And I think anybody that comes for the lovely and amazing beaches and the sea and the sun and everything else that I love too, they should spend a day at least or a couple of days to come and visit the capital of this beautiful island. And that's uh, Nicosia. Nicosia has a lot to offer and a lot to teach, a a lot about the history of Cyprus, about in the Middle Ages, before the Middle Ages, a lot of the religious history of Cyprus. So we have amazing churches in the old part of town. And we have the main archaeological museum which is, it could be of interest to anybody because the artifacts in it are amazing. And I have been to the museum, I think, three or four times with some years apart. The artifacts in the museum are amazing, seriously amazing. I mean, they're tantamount to the best internationally. And they impress me every time. They impress me anew, even if I had seen them before several times. And now I'm very happy to say that a new museum where, uh, will be uh, will start const- uh, its construction hopefully next year. The tenders have been issued, so we're waiting for the tender process to close. Uh, hopefully next year the museum will start, and in let's say three or four years it will have finished, and then it will be more appealing to a lot of people to come and see this amazing archaeological artifacts. But in general, I think it's important for people to come and see Nicosia, get a better understanding of the history of Cyprus, its ecclesiastical history. But at the end of the day, also it's it's a very good uh, place to see the tragedy that the um, division of the island has implemented on Cyprus. And the fact that some of the island, approximately 38% of the island, it's still occupied. I think nowhere else can you see it more clearly, I should say, than Nicosia, where you see the city itself half. I think all tourists that visit our island should come here just for that purpose. 
And I think it's also important that people who work in hotels or people who are tour guides or, you know, people who are in touch with tourists, that they pass on this message because sometimes tourists don't really know what's available or, or, you know, people who are not so well informed, they may not know that Nicosia is the capital. But I think it's important to point it out to people and to, to encourage them to visit. And I absolutely agree with you. There is no place in the world, really, where you can see proximity. You can see the flags on, on or just on the other side of the fence. And what that, that really, really gives you an idea what the whole situation is like. So, yeah. And I think it would also, it should also be nice to spend a night in Nicosia because um, walking around the old town in the evening and, and there are a lot of good restaurants. There's a lot of real, still real Cypriot food available in Nicosia. And by way, my perspective, I think a taste like a beauty are subjective, but I would, I would uh, uh, say that Nicosia has the best restaurants and it is the most beautiful and complete, which is a little bit of an oxymoron, but I will say that Nicosia is the most complete city that exists in Cyprus today. And when I say complete, obviously, I, uh, I do not insinuate that we're complete while being divided. We do want Nicosia to be free once again and united geographically. But when I say complete, I, we have the most green spaces per capita uh, of the people that live here. I think we have the best infrastructure and we're building new infrastructure all the time. We have the most universities and the most students. We have 30 or 40,000 students, which youth uh, creates a different... Uh, we're not Boston, but we, I mean, let's be clear about that. We're talking about 30 or 40,000 students. I mean, a university in Boston has 30,000 students. But for, for the numbers of Cyprus, uh, these are substantial and they create a very specific atmosphere and uh, they help make Nicosia a vibrant uh, city. We have a, a lot of um, museums, I think most museums than any other place in Cyprus. All in all, I do believe it's the most complete. Uh, city in Cyprus for somebody to live in. So, yeah, and, and it, you know, you are the mayor. I hope it has to be the best city. I agree with you, though. It is definitely, definitely worth the visit. I'm not saying, I mean, everybody can say my city is best or not. I mean, I'm saying it's the most complete. Yeah. And I, I, the complete parameters are not subjective. They're uh, objective. And I think I, we can argue that Nicosia is the most complete city than any other city inside. You just make me want to go. I haven't been for a while. So uh, you're, you're totally right. Where do you relax? Do you go to the beach when you have time or do you stay in Nicosia? What is your favorite place to, to relax? Oh, I, think it, I, think, I think it depends. Uh, I love, um, the other day I, was, uh, I went to a bar. I was in a lovely bar here in Nicosia that has a pool table. And I was with my wife and my two daughters and we played pool. I played with my eldest against another couple. We spent some time. We won, <laughs> but barely. <laughs> uh, and then I played with my youngest daughter. We had a burger and we went home. That's a very relaxing evening. And uh, so that is lovely. You don't have to go miles away to relax. You, this is so nice because relaxing is an inside job, isn't it? It doesn't really matter where you are. I think it's either, I think relaxing, it's having fun, either doing something like reading a book or swimming. I often come to visit Limassol and swim. I love swimming. 
uh, or take my bicycle and uh, go either to Engomi near Timbos. Uh, I think there's n- nice areas to bicycle. Or in the Pedieos River, we have an amazing river, 12 area in Nicosia. In the center of Nicosia, next to the Pedieos River, there are 12 kilometers of a pedestrian bicycle area, which is amazing. It, it says if you're in a forest, and during the winter when Pedieos River is full of water, it's like you're somewhere in the Amazon slash Switzerland type. Yeah, it's wonderful. No other city has this in Cyprus. That's fantastic. I actually, yeah. I am from Switzerland. I don't know if you know that. No, I didn't. <laughs> so I'll come and check it out and see if it's yeah. true. <laughs> um, and you need to come in winter when in the part where it's foresty and there are yeah. huge eucalyptus trees, the river is full of water. Uh, I mean, it, it's a it's an Amazony type uh, greenery scene. Fantastic. What is your favorite place abroad? If you can travel or if you have time to travel, obviously you also travel for work, but if you can choose to travel with your family, where do you go? I mean, if I had a choice, uh, I think the easiest and the most comfortable and the most fun, I love Athens. I also uh, like London, but uh, as far as trips go that I would remember, I would remember all my childhood uh, trips to that we had as a family to France. I don't remember them specifically. I mean, X year, we went here, Y. But I remember them as a whole and the various places we visited, uh, churches, uh, castles, uh, museums, paintings, everything that a 10-year-old wants to see. We always laugh with my mother because I tell her, yeah, you took us all the interesting stuff that a 10-year-old or a 12-year-old would love to see. Yeah, castles and museums and I don't know, but stuff like that. Anyway, something stuck with us and uh, <laughs> I love reading about uh, history. So everything was not wasted. As far as uh, personally, I, I remember a very nice visit. We had a trip in uh, Rome where uh, my wife and I, had a guide, a lovely lady. We were looking at, um, I forget what, what how the conversation came about, but we talked about a painter called Caravaggio. And she told us, do you want to get out of this museum scene and go find all the Caravaggios that are on exhibit in Rome? And that's what we did. And that was a wonderful trip and, and a different way of looking at uh, Rome experiencing Rome. And I think that was one of the most wonderful um, daily trips, I mean, in Rome, because we went to all the smaller places, smaller churches where whoever had a painting by uh, Caravaggio. And I will also probably rank very high trip we had with a friend of ours and my wife to the World Cup in South Africa. Mm. It was a combination of uh, going to a semi-final of the World Cup, a final of the World Cup, and a safari uh, somewhere uh, in a private reserve in South Africa. All in all, approximately a week or eight days. I think that was a, one of the most well-planned trips that I've been. It was wonderful. So you enjoy traveling and trying out new stuff? I, I enjoy it, but I haven't done it as much as I, I mean, in the 
since I've become mayor, I don't travel very much other than for business. Yeah, we were also locked up for two years. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So it was a difficult time. And I think that must have also been quite challenging for a mayor. I mean, at the beginning when it happened, now we know a lot more. But at the beginning when it started, we didn't know anything. We were all sort of kind of terrified because we didn't know what it was going to lead to. Yeah, correct. And uh, I must admit that... uh, we had an amazing group of people here at the municipality of Cyprus because not people, not a lot of people realize that we never stopped picking up the garbage. I mean, now it might not seem a big deal. In the first lockdown, when everybody pretty much, well, remember we had one or two cases of COVID and we all locked ourselves in our houses and nobody was moving, nobody was traveling. Uh, the, the, a lot of the uh, employees of the municipality were, were, were working. We were picking up the garbage. The uh, traffic wardens were going around checking that the public spaces were closed. So a lot of people of the municipalities were on the front line and they, uh, they did an amazing job and they made us look extremely good. Also, the the, 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 the part of the municipality, the social, that, that were providing social services, they also remained open. And we provided food for a lot of people in need. So I'm very proud that I was mayor and I led this team of people during this crisis. Yeah, I think we said with many of my friends to go through this time, through this COVID period, Cyprus was definitely a good place to be. Because, you know, when you compare to being in an apartment somewhere in Manhattan, locked up with two kids and a husband who has to work at home, Cyprus is paradise compared to something like that. And I I do agree with you that a very good job has been done. And as you say, you were on top of things always. So, right. We were just debating before Mr. Mayor or Mayor. (laughs) Mayor. Your there isn't a third term, is there? Is there? Is is it? Is there your... is no limit at the moment? Oh, there is no limit. Uh, you... I, I think I think they said. I'm not certain. I think they said the limit in the new law that the parliament has voted in. But still, uh, the limits will start from the next election. So in theory, I can go for another term. Go, go for try for another term. But I already said two terms are enough, and I wasn't planning on. Uh, trying to win a third term. Uh, Having said that, I still have to complete two years. Uh, uh, For the people that might not know, our terms here are five-year terms. And I already completed two five-year terms. But I will be spending another two and a half years on top of that because Parliament voted an extension so that the next municipal elections will coincide with the European Parliament elections. I didn't know that. That's interesting yeah. to know. So what will that be then, 24? Uh, 24, May 24. Yeah. yeah. And what's next for you? Oh, I don't know yet. It's too early. We still have two years ahead of us. Let's not. Maybe you'll you know. change your mind and do another term. Who knows? And we will do Probably another interview. Probably not. <laughs> no, we can do interviews. I have no issue with the interviews. <laughs> with, with, with another term, it's, uh, <laughs> I, I think I, I've concluded on that. Okay, so time is passing fast when you're having fun. We have been 
covering most of the things that I wanted to talk to you about. Is there anything else that you would like to talk about? Is there any anything that you would like the audience to know? Anything else about Nicosia, maybe? Yes, I would like to invite you, uh, uh, whenever it's convenient to you, uh, in the format of this podcast to come and show what we can see from where I'm right now. You know, I, I think, I, I think a picture is a thousand words. Yes. Uh, and even Cypriot friends that have been born and live in Cyprus, but in other cities, when I, when I invite them and I show them the division of Nicosia, they actually get shocked. When I promote this episode, I will add one of those pictures and people will be able to see what we are talking about because it's quite difficult for somebody who doesn't know what this is re- what this really is because it's real, mm. you know, it's there, it's in front of your in front of your nose. Yes. Okay, that's more or less all I wanted from you. I really, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for being on most memorable journeys. And thank you um, for inviting me to be. It's been a real journey. Wonderful. And I hope to see, you know, we'll see how it goes and maybe we'll talk again. Okay. Take care. You too. Thank you. If you enjoy my podcast, please like, share and subscribe to my channel. You will find all the information in the show notes.